Hello, and welcome to Punching Out. Every week, we're here on Wayo Radio talking about the problems people have with their work, whether it's incompetent bosses or unfair policies, hostile workplaces or dismal paychecks, or anything in between. We want to hear from you. If you'd like to share your work problems with us, email us at punchingoutwayo at gmail.com and let us talk about them. Tune in and punch out. Your boss isn't listening, but we are. Attention all shoppers, associates, and management. I would like to say to all of you today that nobody should work here, ever. Our managers will make promises and never keep them, and not only that, they will preach to us about how they care about their employees, but about a month ago, my boss, assistant manager Cora, called me a waste of time and management did nothing to help. Management will also try and save money every step of the way, including cutting benefits of a, part -time, or a full time associate down to, down to part time, even though he worked 40 plus hours a week. I've been a loyal employee here for over a year and a half, and I'm sick of all the bullshit, bogus write ups, and my job. Management, this job, Walmart. Hello, welcome to Punching Out. I'm Ryan, joined today by Earl Hello. and Sid. Hello. Uh, that bit of audio you just heard is the voice of a teenage Walmart worker speaking over the intercom as he exits his job. Um, it, we wanted to start with that today because the subject of our show is going to be about quitting and why people do it and the obstacles to quitting a job. Um, mm -hmm. We've all been... In there, even if we haven't necessarily had the courage to do what this seventeen-year-old did, right? <laughs> it's a great video. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, it's great. Yeah, not not everybody's in a position to be able to just like nuke their job that way. So it's nice when people that have that uh, that are in that position to do that can do so, especially when they have legitimate complaints. I mean, he's quitting a job at Walmart, and uh, those jobs are known to be pretty exploitative. But I'm sure it's even worse when you're a seventeen-year-old and and they assume that you know nothing about working and anything. So they. I'm sure he went through the ringer there. Yeah. And the icing on the cake was the, I don't know if you could hear in the back, but he got a little bit of an applause from the people there. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's great. Which makes yeah. it even better. Yeah. <laughs> One of the reasons we wanted to do this episode, aside from that video, is uh, there was a recent article this week, first in like the Washington Post. The headline went something like, um, in booming job market, employees are ghosting employers. <laughs> right, um, yeah. Ghosting, the term stolen from, uh, you know, dating culture and yeah. millennials is uh, basically not showing up, you know, disappearing, yeah. you know, vanishing without a trace. Right. And the article, it kind of relies on anecdotes. It, I, I don't know if there was any, like, concrete data, data that yeah, they actually I used think, in yeah, there. Yeah, I think the only thing that they actually referenced was, like, the actual unemployment rate. Everything else about it was pretty mm – -hmm. the, the article itself wasn't great, but uh, I like the concept of people ghosting their <laughs> employers, so uh, yeah. it seemed like a good article. <laughs> yeah, the um, – specifically, like, the idea is that now that unemployment is down and there are jobs available – Employees feel free to just up and leave a job without even mentioning it to their bosses. You know, they don't show up one day and 
that's that. Right. Yeah, the, the article itself seemed really, they put it in, in the sense that it made it sound like the employees were the ones that had all the power. Like, well, they can just walk in and get a job wherever they want. So they're just uh, ghosting us left and right. It, uh, it was very much from the boss's perspective. I right. Yeah. 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 They re- refer to recruiters a lot and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. There was, um, you get this sense of hysteria amongst the employers from this article. <laughs> right. In. Which, yeah, I mean, that's generally the sort of emotion we want to stir in them. A <laughs> right. little, little yeah. bit of fear, a little right. bit of panic. Yeah, but it, well, it, almost, it almost comes across as that they're just, they're just dumbstruck, like, <laughs> you know, by the fact that they've been able to treat employees as completely expendable and, and disposable and just do whatever they want in terms of letting them go and, and whatever. And, and there's almost like this aw shucks, like, what did we do to deserve this sort of feeling <laughs> right, to, the, right. to the article? And it's just kind of like, well, you know, I mean, it seems like they're just kind of following the, the golden rule. And honestly, the best part about the article, as far as I'm concerned, is the is the, the Tinder analog. <laughs> uh, because it's just, you know, f- from... Uh, Ladies, I've never ghosted anyone before, uh, but but uh, uh, more specifically, the friends of mine that do uh, that uh, have done that to people are just kind of like, look, man, like everybody's out here, just kind of it's doggy dog, uh, you know. So the fact that that translates to the the job market sort of makes sense in a way because it's just like, look, the the the, the company is going to abuse you. They don't care about you. Why would you care about them? Like ghosting should be the norm instead of just, you know, like why do why are we polite about it when mm-hmm. we could just like smoke bomb and be done with it you know and i think it's interesting too the um as you continue to read the article there comes a section where they're quoting an employer who's giving advice on what to do about this problem but their advice is really just a it should be just a general way you behave which is treat your employees better develop a meaningful relationship every step of employment from hiring until the end and it's like so you're only going to do this because there's a a ghosting problem that should just be what you do (laughs) in general right yeah i mean there's always been this sort of double standard you know employees are expected to put in two weeks notice Mm -hmm. if they want to uh be looked upon favorably when they leave a job whereas employers are never expected to put in that sort of notice right when they're letting someone go yeah yeah absolutely it's it's weird how it's been so one-sided for for such a long time and now that it's like i don't even know how big it there's no there's no numbers in the in terms of you know how many people are like ghosting and 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 whatnot and they don't i mean they only mention a couple different industries vaguely um but who knows if it even warrants this type of response but it's interesting that a couple people do it and they're just like oh we really got to be worried about this now you know that was i mean i grew up working in the restaurant industry and that was i don't want to say it was super common but it wasn't unheard of you know maybe five to ten percent of employees would just one day never show up again and just never you just never hear from them again i don't know it's just the way it goes sometimes (laughs) well it's also kind of ironic that they're puzzled or seemingly puzzled over people just up and leaving without communicating because it's a consequence of a problem they're creating and they're perpetuating mm-hmm. um, by not offering them reasons to stay. I mean, if you're only committed to offering low-wage work without benefits, without paid sick leave, and the things mm-hmm. that we think should come with a job, then why are you surprised if they don't stay loyal to you? It's, it's almost like a no-brainer. Right, right. There's... Almost a sort of genre of these articles popping up where employers react to employees having, you know, a shred of power. I I think a few months back I had seen restaurants and chains like Subway were having trouble finding teens to work for them because, well, they didn't offer the teens much in terms of wages and what teens want, which is money. Right, right, yeah, exactly, yeah. And And like 
flexible schedules and or, or maybe not maybe not even flexible, but in terms of just maybe reliable schedules, right? Because even teenagers are like, well, I need to know when I'm working. I have school and yeah. <laughs> you know and all these things. So yeah, <laughs> I I, uh, I agree with Sid that there's um, you know, it seems to be a reflection of like it's almost reflecting the precariousness of the job market back onto the employees, you know, or back onto the employers rather. Um, you know, people don't feel safe with their jobs, with steady income and, and, and they're lacking these benefits and things like that. So they just, as soon as they see some, a greener pasture, they're more willing to jump ship because I mean, honestly, growing up in the nineties and stuff, you saw all these larger companies collapsing and people getting forced early retirement, people getting, you know, screwed out of their pensions and stuff like that. What incentive does a person, you know, my age or younger have to stay with a company for 20, 25 years? Like when they know at the end of it, the company is just going to say, well, look, you know, here's your gold watch, but you're not going to get your pension and you're not going to get this stuff. So hopping from job to job seems just, just chasing better, greener pastures, you know? And even just in the shorter term, like there are a lot of places where if you put in two weeks notice, you know, you'll be told this is your last day and they will find a way to, you know, work you out of the schedule. And, right. you know, there's no point in you, you know, saving that two weeks, you know, when you might need the paycheck that two weeks, you know, you right. might not That's have true. that yeah. extra job lined up. Yeah. Right I never actually never thought of that, that they would, that they just might tell you to go right then. And then you're out those two weeks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause they don't want you doing what uh, our friend at Walmart did <laughs> storming <laughs> right. yeah. out on the right. last day. Exactly. Yeah. That's I true. Guess. Yeah. It's crazy how quitting uh, a job without leaving a two weeks notice can have serious consequences even later on um, because these people won't provide you with a reference if you need one. Yeah. You know, it's just harmful even in the long term. Well, after you're, you're gone from that job, it's almost as if they want vengeance on you <laughs> for, for doing something which I'm sure these employers are doing to regular people every day. I mean, you did just mention how people get laid off. They work their entire lifetimes to learn they're not getting their pension, right? but they still find a way to hold power over you even after you're gone. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's what keeps a lot of us from doing what uh, that kid did um, is, you know, the thought that mm, this isn't going to look good. You know, yeah. Yeah. they have ways to influence my future if I, you know, burn this bridge. You know, burning bridges is always the way it's phrased. Right. Because we've all been there. We've all had those moments where we just want to up and quit. We yeah. just want to say, screw it. I'm done. Mm-hmm. You know, this is how I'm going out. You know, you can't fire me. I quit. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, exactly. I, yeah. I myself have never quite, you know, pulled that trigger. But I know the two of you have. And you have some stories to share, perhaps. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I've had actually a pretty long, uh, you know, I'm not that, uh, you know, I'm going to be 35 pretty soon. So I'm, I've, I've had a reasonably long work history. And I think most of the jobs I've left have been on good terms, mostly because I've been lucky enough not to have to just take like what the first thing that that comes to me, which I know is a lucky position uh, to find myself in. But there have been a couple jobs where I've definitely, you know, pulled the ripcord real hard and fast. One of them was when I was a teenager. uh, And it was one of those things where you know, they had me doing the work. Like when I started working, I was working as a dishwasher. I was like 16 Mm -hmm. years old and this place was so, so busy. And when I worked, when I started working there, they had me working with somebody else and eventually they they let this person go and they just realized that I didn't know any better and that I would just do the work of two people. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I asked them after a month of this, and this isn't a place where like the, the drain on the floor didn't work. So I'm working in water that's literally like halfway up my shins 
for eight hours at a time. And you're 16. You don't, I mean, right. I didn't like it, but I didn't really, I just thought maybe this is what mm-hmm. washing dishes was like. And so, you know, I asked him for something trivial, like, you know, it'd be great if you guys would give me like a 25, 50 cent raise or something like that. This was probably 15 years ago. So, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, they wouldn't give it to me. And then one day I was just hanging out with my friends in the, in the woods as one does when they're 16 years old. <laughs> and, uh, I was like, man, I gotta go to work in a little while. And I, and I just looked around at my friends and like thought about it. And I was just like, I'm just not, I'm just not going to go. But I mean, I didn't, I didn't just not show up. I did call because I really wanted the satisfaction of telling the manager that I quit. Uh, And actually in both situations where I pulled the ripcord real hard like this, the managers both said the same thing or effectively the same thing. It's like, well, if you, you know, usually if people quit like this, they can't come back. (laughs) And I was just like, right. That's the point. Yeah. Yeah, I assure you, I'm not, I'm not planning on coming back. Um, But yeah, that quitting, quitting in that way is, if you're working at a place that you genuinely hate, which both of the places when I quit like this, I did hate it passionately. Um, it's really satisfying to to quit that way. And honestly, if you, because I was younger and didn't really know any better and stuff, and if you if you have a long enough work history, just don't put them down as a reference. Like it's okay to quit jobs in any way you want. Just don't tell anybody you work there. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. That would be my that would be my advice. If you have enough references, just leave them right off your your uh, resume. <laughs> Yeah, there are plenty of jobs I've worked that aren't on my resume simply because <laughs> they're my second job. So oh, right, it, yeah. just the way it lines up, I don't need to put it on there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've quit a lot of jobs because <laughs> I've worked a lot of jobs. Uh, mainly while I was in college, though, I was working. You, I always worked a job while in college, um, 30, at least 30 hours a week to pay for school. And then in the summertime, I would always pick up a second job, always. Um and so what I would normally do in the summer is I would just work until I knew I had enough money to pay for the next semester, and then I would usually just quit that second job, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, some sometimes I would sometimes when I quit, it was I would put in a two week notice uh, just to let the employer know. Uh, but more, more more often than not, I didn't um, because of certain circumstances. Either I was moving, either I was just so burnt out from working two jobs, and I was like, this doesn't really matter if I just quit this job. I can say I've only done a no-call, no-show twice for quitting. Mm-hmm. Um, one was e, um, especially empowering, <laughs> and I can go into detail about that one. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that one, I was working a job in college, just like a standard food service job at a place up the road right next to the university. Um, and I had an agreement with my manager that I would not work Sundays. Um, it was actually my second to last semester in school. I've worked almost every single Sunday since I was like 17. <laughs> and I just said, I'm not going to work Sundays anymore. Like I'm going to use that time to do me. And, and it was cool. That manager understood. Um, and it was refreshing. I was like, man, I don't have to work Sundays. This is really cool. This is a great experience. No wonder people love the weekends. Uh, <laughs> and then, um, uh, and so he understood it, this manager. However, this company had a tradition, it seems like, where they would just switch the person, the manager who did scheduling, about every week. It was a new manager doing scheduling. They weren't hiring new managers. It's just between the four of them. They would just rotate who did the scheduling, I guess. It was bizarre. Um, and so the agreement I had with one manager uh, would never, ever get <laughs> transferred to the next manager. Mm-hmm. And so I was shocked when one day I had to work on a Sunday. It was actually the day after Halloween. And I look at the schedule, and I looked at the boss who did the, the, the schedule, and I said, you know, me and so-and-so are 
we had this agreement I wouldn't work Sundays. And his pretty much his only response was, well, he never told me that and you're scheduled to work that day. <laughs> and I said, we'll see about that. <laughs> and so I, and actually, oh, this is the important part of the story though. I actually called because I was in college. It was Halloween. And let's just say I wasn't feeling like getting up that next morning. <laughs> right. A, because, you know, I stayed out late. But B, I wasn't supposed to because I wasn't supposed to work Sundays. Right. And, and so I called my boss to tell him I was sick, which was actually true. By being sick, I was hungover, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I was Still like, counts. man, I'm uh, feeling sick. I can't come in today, which you're allowed to call out. I mean, no one right. says you can't call out. And he says, oh, you, dude, we have a huge catering order and I need someone here to help me put it together. Uh, he's like, I'm sorry, man, but I can't let you call out today. And I said, okay. And then we get off the phone. And then I thought to myself, every step of this process, I've done the right thing. Right. I notified him when he got the schedule wrong. When I didn't want to come in, I called to tell him I can't come in. And he was the one doing everything wrong. He told me that he wasn't going to do anything different to try to fix the situation when I right. told him the schedule was wrong. And then he told me I can't call out, which is so strange yeah, because right. you're not supposed to do a no-call, no-show, and you are. And actually, in food service, you're encouraged not to come to work if you're sick. Right. I think maybe yeah. that's just like an accountability thing that companies tell you. They're like, well, if you're sick you know, and you're working with food, it's contagious, so you know, you don't come in. But what that really means is you got to find a cover or else you're coming in. That's mm -hmm. what that means. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so I laid back down in bed <laughs> and I said, I'm not going in. <laughs> right. I, I did the right thing. And so I didn't go in. And then the next morning when I had to work, I showed up on time and he sat me down and he says, we got to let you go. And I wasn't even angry. I said, okay, <laughs> right. you do you. <laughs> like yeah. right. I made up my decision. Yeah. And that was an interesting time because... I was, again, in college, and I was always worried about not having enough work to pay my bills or pay my tuition. But in that particular moment, I just, somehow, it's the weight of the world just fell off my shoulders. <laughs> mm, yeah. It's like, it wasn't the ideal situation, obviously, because you want to work. Um, but I, I don't know. I felt triumphant. <laughs> yeah. And so, just to say, like, I don't care to someone who's firing you. Right. Thinking, they think they're going to make your day bad. It's not going to make my day better. It's so empowering to be able to tell off your boss. It's just out of curiosity with that like rotating schedule setup. How far in advance would you get your schedule? So we would always get, well, they would give us our schedules uh, like two weeks out, about, if I remember correctly. Okay. They did give it to us early. I remember that much. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Because um, I can see where you wouldn't be able to find out what you were working on Sunday until like the Friday before, which would yeah. suck. No, I, I believe it had like a like a this week, next week type deal. Like right, the man. next week you work and the next week after that kind so, of. So I mean that situation. leaves a, that leaves them more time to find somebody to work on Sundays if you have a you know if you have a permanent no Sundays like policy. Yeah, <laughs> that would have given them more time to be like, oh, all right, well it's, we're still two weeks away. Well, I'll just get it straight around. No, right, I know, they yeah. just wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Now, um, Earl, you talking about you know not having a drain in the kitchen brings back memories uh, oh, for me. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah that was that was awful. You know, I definitely just in the time I've been a dishwasher, I've had you know the job has gone from a two person job to a one person job back to a two person job. Oh, okay, it's, that's good. Yeah, I, yeah. I actually heard that that happened after I quit too. That they yeah. did bring two more people on because I was like, well, we better not do that again. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. They'll, they'll train you with another person and then just kind of set you to the wolves. Almost. Yeah. 
Yeah. Which even even to you know green sixteen year old me, it didn't make any sense to to not like look man. If you give me this little measly raise that I'm asking for, I'll keep showing up and doing this terrible job. Uh, instead, now you have lost someone who like never. Not that I'm like necessarily proud of this like track record when I was younger, but it's like I I never called in sick. Like I always showed up no matter what. Like I worked. I think at the time I just for some reason when I was young I was like really interested in working and like having my own money and stuff. So I think at the time I had two other jobs. You were the and, perfect employee. And, yeah, exactly. And it was just like, it was like okay. So instead of giving me the fifty cents an hour, now you have to train somebody else who may or may not be willing to deal with this like hellish working conditions, you know what I mean? And then it turns out they had to hire two people in the first place. So instead of just giving me the 50 cents an hour, they got to hire – now they have two people doing the job. So it's like, okay, well, it could have cost you 50 cents an hour and now you're paying – You know, I don't know what minimum wage it was then. It was probably like $7 or something crazy. Mm-hmm. But it's just – yeah, I think a lot of it too has to – I know we've talked about this before on the show in terms of some people just like – having that power of like saying no and 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 i know we talked about having like when managers talk about how many people are under them and stuff like that they they talk about that like how many people they manage and that's their metric of like success so there's definitely people that just like like being able to you know play the puppet master i guess being able to be the boss right yeah exactly and it's like no matter how you know true like uh, once it was mentioning the the person who the the person who let him go is um expecting to make your day bad you know what i mean like it's got to be such it probably knocked the wind out of him when you're just like "Ah, whatever man like i I, i'm gonna go see a movie or something i I don't care you know you just basically told me i have to work today so i'm gonna take the day off (laughs) you know like i'm sure that was really uh i'm sure that really made him feel unsatisfied which is um a win in itself (laughs) i mean also it was cool because the people around me supported me too i mean i told my family yeah like I just didn't go to work, and this is why. And they're like, you know, you're you're in the right. Yeah, like, yeah I am in the right. right. Yeah, <laughs> like no paycheck's gonna. I don't know. There comes a, if you're in a position to where, and I and I wasn't even in this position. I, I don't know what came over me, but like, <laughs> if, sometimes your dignity is just way more important important than a paycheck. Right, and that's what it was for me at least. Yeah, I know. Like the moments I've come closest to quitting, I've actually, you know, been there at work, you know, something just comes up and you feel frustrated and, you know, you come this close to, you know, saying, screw it, dropping Mm -hmm. everything. But, you know, what stopped me at the time was, you know, not like feeling, you know, an obligation to my boss because, you know, A, they weren't there at the time and like B, they would have been watching YouTube in the office anyway. The people (laughs) I would have been causing a problem for was my coworkers. Yeah, you know, I do have a modicum of respect for. Of course, yeah. yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think that's I think that's weighed on me. I mean, I've been working for myself for a long time now at this point, but that was always something that did, in fact, concern me. How bad am I going to leave these people in a lurch? You know, if I just. But sometimes you just get to the point where it just it can't matter anymore. You apologize on your way out, you know, and and a lot of the times you do get you know you're walking out the door and you see like a couple of people silently kind of giving you the. The, the power fist, like, just like, yes, dude, like, you did it. I hate you, but I'm so proud. <laughs> like, you know, uh, which is, you know, it, it's good. And honestly, if, I think if, it, it sets a good example for people. And I think it when people quit in that way, and especially when it's public, like our friend from the yeah. Walmart video, uh, I think it probably sends chills down the spines of management, even if it's only momentary, because they don't know if this is going to cause, like, a walkout or if it's going to give other people 
similar ideas to say, well, he quit. I, you know, I could quit. Like we could all just quit. Like, you know. <laughs> and then, I mean, also unintentionally, this per, or perhaps inten- well, intentionally, yes. I'm not sure if this individual thought of it this way, but he's kind of informing consumers of what this company does, even though right. a company like Walmart, everyone knows what they do. Yeah, they do it yeah. that publicly, like, right. you know, yeah. to have an audience, basically. Yeah, I mean... M- most people don't have that sort of audience yeah. where they work. Well, I mean, Walmart seems to... I mean, there's lots of other companies that do this, but Walmart singularly is sort of known for being um, the only game in town when it comes to pe- people that work there and people that shop there. Like, I don't think mm-hmm. any... like. I'm sure that there's people that don't care one way or another where they shop, but I feel like most people are just like, I go to Walmart because it's the only, like if they live in a mm-hmm. rural community, mm-hmm. that's the only place they can get like reasonably fresh produce and yeah. stuff or, or anything like that. And I think if they had an option to not shop there, they wouldn't. And so it's not one of those yep. things, you know, and, and same thing for the people that work there. Like they're just like, look, man, they everything else closed. When they, they came into town, everything else closed. This is all they can do. Um, and so... The people that even the people that were shopping, yeah, like whoever clapped for the kid that was quitting may have been some other employee, but it could have easily just as been somebody that was there shopping, like, yeah, God, I hate this place, <laughs> you know, but it's, they got nothing, they got nothing else. They, yeah, you know? j- just to the point about like the rural communities, uh, this story comes from Alberta, Canada, which is like yeah. largely, you know, rural area. Right, okay. So, like, yeah. Walmart, much, as with much of the U.S., is the only game in town there, like, right? Like yeah, you yeah, you don't see a lot of Walmarts in uh. In, in New York or L.A. Uh, you yeah. know. Well, I'm not sure about L.A., but I've never seen a Walmart in all my years spending time in New York. So wow. <laughs> I'm sure that they... Like, yeah. like New York City. New York City. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, uh-huh. not New York State. I've seen plenty of, plenty of Walmarts <laughs> around the state, but I just meant wandering around New York City. I've never seen a Walmart anywhere. So. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was I, I was happy to see that that video. Uh, yeah. I'm always happy to hear. I, I encourage my friends to quit all the time, at to, maybe to a point where it's, it's not helpful to my friends because I almost feel... Bad, like they want it. They want to talk to me about work and stuff, and I oh, and I always just say the same thing: you should quit, <laughs> no matter what it is. It could be something trivial or something huge. Uh, I'm just always, you know, I'm just, I'm always encouraging them to quit, and I'm always super proud and supportive of my friends when they uh, actually do. Um, and some of them have rebounded well and have quit with other things like on the table and stuff. And other, some of the other ones have been, you know, taking a little longer to to get back on their feet and stuff. But I do think that. Even they recognize that it was the best thing for their. It's you know it's a struggle because it's like it was, the, it was the best thing for their mental health in the moment, right? Um, and then the only time that it becomes stressful is if you go on these long strings of being unable to find new gainful employment, sure. which is one of the things that bothered me too a lot about that article was that they were really harping on the low unemployment number, but and and in like most other media that you encounter, they they are uh, quick to talk about the low unemployment number, but they rarely talk about the quality of jobs. Like just because the employment number is low doesn't mean that um, any of these jobs are quality jobs or that the people that are working aren't working multiple jobs to, you know what I mean? Like, so they, they don't even really speak to that. And some people just get these blinders on like, well, the economy, I mean, they refer to it as a booming economy. And I've got friends that have been stuck in the same job because they've been looking for, and these are people with master's degrees, like not to say that like a master's degree, you know, guarantees you any job or anything like that. But the, uh, you know, I have friends that are applying for just, you know, ba- like service jobs and things like that with master's degrees that just can't find a job because nobody is hiring. So when I read this article uh, about everybody's hiring, business is booming, we got people yeah. ghosting each other, I'm like, I don't know what what world this article is coming <laughs> right. from. Like, I do understand that the un- unemployment number, by your definition, is low. 
but that's not a practical measure of sure. anything. In the same way that the stock market, like when people talk, oh, the Dow Jones, but it's like the Dow Jones is thirty companies. That's not representative of anything, <laughs> uh, you know. So this this number without right. any context doesn't mean anything. Nor is it representative of ordinary people's lives, the right. people who work those jobs, right. right? So yeah, the unemployment rate gets talked about a lot right now, um, but you, you worded it perfectly. It's, it's the quality of job. It's the mm. fact that a lot of people are underemployed, so they're not unemployed, but they're always yeah. working two or three jobs to yeah. make ends meet. Sure. Um, and I think also that could explain beyond just people. I don't know. I don't like how the article framed how people are ghosting because, you know, they just, there's, Jobs for everybody. They can just right. leave. They're growing out trees. Right, exactly. I, yeah. I, I know I would like to think, or I wouldn't like to think this, but this is what I do think, that people are ghosting because it's usually their second or third job, and right. they, they're just like, I'm going to take a break. Instead of working 60 hours a week, I'll work 35 or yeah, 40 hours a week. It, yeah, I'll cut it down to a manageable and then, Yeah, maybe in another <laughs> yeah. month or two, I'll pick up another second job. You know, right. like yeah. it's... Yeah. I think that would be the reason why this is happening so much yeah. actually. Well, I mean like Ryan said earlier, it's it's a it's an article very much written from the perspective of management. And, you yeah. know, like there's not they they were very dismissive of um, any potential reasons that the, they're just like why are they doing this? I don't yeah. understand. <laughs> you know. Well, uh, to some extent I think like the Washington Post's audience is more likely to have people under them than necessarily being That's you know true. the yeah. 19 year old yeah. college student you know ghosting right. their boss yeah they're pan- they're they're pandering to their audience right yeah, yeah. um we're going to take a little break here and when we come back we're going to talk about the things that pose obstacles to us doing what we want and telling the bosses to screw off <laughs> You're listening to Punching Out on WAYOLP Rochester. If you'd like to continue slacking off, you can find all of our past episodes on iTunes and SoundCloud. Remember, your boss isn't listening, but we are. Welcome back to Punching Out. I'm Ryan, joined again by Earl and Sid. Um, We've been talking about, you know, quitting jobs. This is a show about work and bad jobs in particular and this episode is about what to do at the end of a bad job right um we talked about a video in which a kid at walmart you know publicly you know takes over the intercom and tells shoppers do not work here which <laughs> is some sort of a fantasy of everyone's to you know show up their boss in that way but there's something that keeps most of us from doing that there are reasons that we don't quit our jobs and we want to talk now about, you know, the obstacles to quitting, the things that, you know, keep people working bad jobs. Yeah. Um, just sort of what comes to mind first off is that a lot of people need those jobs, not just, I mean, obviously for the money they provide, but for health insurance. It's yeah. such a big deal in this country that, you know, insurance is tied to your employment. There was a, a Vox article that's been going around online today about, you know, single payer healthcare would threaten, in, you know, employer sponsored insurance for the millions of Americans who relied upon, rely upon it. It would throw them off of that insurance, and of course, the answer to that is they get thrown off that insurance all the time when they right. switch a job, when yeah. their employer switches that insurance, when they yeah. quit, yeah. when they get fired. Yeah. Um, but 
also that's the point of single payer. So yeah. it's like, uh, you know, thanks Fox. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're, I mean, you're not wrong. But <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, I've seen it. People I know who have been stuck in these terrible jobs who have felt trapped because the mm-hmm. alternative was not having health insurance for themselves and their family. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, and the, the, yeah, the, fa- the family I think is, is, uh, you know, that probably hits people even harder if you have dependents or, or something, or you have a chronic illness or you have a, you know, you have a dependent that has a chronic illness or something like that. Yeah. It's just, a you're sh- kind of shackled to that uh, insurance because there's no, Op, there's no viable option for most people. Uh, you know, the, the marketplace, especially now that with the ACA getting rid of the, um, you know, or you're not having to have the uh, the mandate anymore. Mm-hmm. Premiums have gone way up for most people. Yeah. So, yeah, health insurance is definitely a, a huge one. Yeah. Yeah. Even as, you know, we talked about the unemployment figures, those have gone down, but we've seen more people uninsured in the last year or two under the Trump administration. Right. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, that's a real challenge for people is, you know, yeah. why they won't do what uh, our friend at Walmart did. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. And I mean, another big obstacle is uh, the feeling that your other alternatives uh, won't be any better. Mm-hmm. I think that's a big reason some people uh, don't quit despite wanting to. Uh, I remember my first job where I worked, I worked there. I actually worked there for almost four years. i you know, would come home exhausted all the time. And sometimes I would have a really bad day. Uh, and sometimes there's bad, that one bad day would be like a three month stretch <laughs> of bad days at work. Um, and I would tell, you know, my, my family at the time that, yeah, I guys, I think I'm, I think I'm going to try to find a different job, you know, and I would give them the reasons why I'm pretty frustrated with the job I had. Um, and they would say, well, anywhere you go is going to be like that. <laughs> um, which there's like a pinch of truth to that, um, and, but I've learned over the years working um, many jobs that, while yes, uh, the general the the general job itself does suck, <laughs> um, there are some differences that make it a little better. So I, I mean I don't think that's correct, but it, it is though in some sense. I mean you're you're still going to deal with a lot of problems at any other job you go to. Um, so why why put in the hassle? Maybe that's another reason. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, to that point, that I, I, you know, I've heard it before, and I think it's 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 really true. It, the the ma- management really is sort of what depends on. I mean, there's some jobs that are just going to be bad no matter what. Mm-hmm. You know, like those, then those are usually like grueling manual labor jobs and, and things like that. But even those jobs can be more tolerable if you have a reasonable uh, manager, reasonable like people that are willing to fill in shifts with you and stuff. So yeah, so I I would say as a blanket statement, just saying, well, it's going to suck no matter where you go. Right. Uh, while you know, toiling under capitalism, that's fundamentally true in a certain sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, it's also not totally, you know, I mean, I have I have friends that run companies that I think are, they're doing just about the best you can in terms of like doing right by their employees and stuff and whatever. Mm-hmm. So it is possible to find a halfway decent job. I mean, one of the other uh, obstacles is just, just not having the savings or more realistically being in debt, yeah. Uh, yeah. which, you know, uh, being... Honestly, I have a lot of friends that would be happy to be broke, but they have to raise money to be broke yeah. um, because they owe <laughs> whether real. it's whether it's student loans or uh, you know it, it doesn't have to be one thing or the other, but um, you know those those do, I mean I have student loans is the big ones against my friend group were sort of you know um, later on into young adulthood and stuff and and there's I still have friends that are 
you know, knee deep and, and they've been out of school for 10, 10 years, you know, and they've just been, and they can't afford to take any kind of serious time off of work because the, yeah, they just are relentless. Uh, the creditors are relentless and it's just, and I think that speaks too to what we were talking about in terms of the quality of jobs that are out there. Like it, it, it makes it impossible for you to build any savings if you're not making a livable wage and therefore it ties you to these, it's like a self-perpetuating crappy job mm-hmm. machine, you know, cause it's just like, you know, if I want to get this certain type of job, I need to sharpen my skills in this area or something like that. It's like, okay, well I work 60 hours a week and I still need to sleep sometimes. Mm-hmm. So when am I supposed to do that? And it's like, okay, well I could take a month or two off of work and try and do that. But it's like, I, again, I'm I have credit card debt. I don't have any savings. Yeah. It's impossible for a lot of people to do that. So, um, you know, there's that whole idea. I know we've harped on this a million times. There's a lot of people who are like, well, you know, if you don't like the job you're in, you should quit. Uh, and that's sort of a default stance for a lot of people that, you know, are against a lot of, you know, things like the federal job guarantee and stuff like that. It's just like you've got the freedom to quit your job whenever you want. And it's just not true for mm-hmm. most people. Yeah, no, yeah. it's not true at it's all. Yeah. Definitely like whenever you see a story online uh, about like working conditions at Amazon or workers, mm-hmm. you know, complaining about their job there um, or really right. any employer, the f- there are people whose first instinct is to jump in that comment section right. and say, if they don't like it, they can quit. Right. They're yeah. committed to this idea that, you know, real meaningful yeah. choice exists. Yeah. And right. as we've talked about, you know, there's a real sense among workers that, well, what's the alternative? You know, that, right a better alternative doesn't exist. And it's good that they are sticking it out and trying to fight for better conditions rather than, you know, quitting necessarily. Yeah. And, you know, leaving those conditions as, you know, accepted part of the job in a way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And if if there happens to be any people that are listening to this that have made comments like that, like I would just like (laughs) to say to them that they, that you should consider a different, Definition of well, maybe a different radio show, but no, I'm happy that they're that they're listening because you know I would honestly just like to say that you you know that your definition of freedom is very narrow. If your definition of freedom is just that you can quit your job if it bums you out, um, I would prefer a definition of freedom that's something like um, you can quit your job safely because yeah. you're not going to be homeless or starve to death or whatever, and you can find something that suits you better or, or whatever. And that's a, that's a type of freedom that I'm interested in and, and is part of the reason I'm like active politically at all is because mm-hmm. there's, I think that there's a level of freedom that we can get to as a people that is just like unheard of, you know, in terms of jobs and things like that. But I'm sorry, I don't want to get off too tangentially, no, no, but no, that's good. if there's one like, uh, you know, hard right libertarian listening for some <laughs> reason, whose radio's broken, uh, this is for, that's for you, buddy. <laughs> and, um, we talked about like employer sponsored insurance, but also it's the case that in some states, Medicare now has these work requirements attached. To oh, it. Right. So oh, like right. those people who, you know, rely on Medicare because their income is too low, you know, that's right. the reason they're on Medicare. Right. They cannot quit because they need to be working in order to get Medicare. So right. they end up stuck in jobs that are by definition, low income. Right. that are below yeah. the poverty line. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And yeah. it's yeah, it's so insulting I feel like for cuz you know legislation like that it just it it implies that they're like not trying <laughs> or like that there's something that there's like nothing wrong 
that you know whether it's like they they know nothing about the people that they're legislating for right like the the, the reason that they're low income could be any any number of reasons maybe they're injured maybe they're it, does, it doesn't matter why maybe they're trying their hardest like my friends that have advanced degrees that just can't find work you know what i mean like they just and they're like, well, the, the 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 automatic thing is like, well, if you're if you're not making any money, it must be because you're a bum, you know. And it's just like, come on, man, you know, like, what are, what are you doing? I'm not making yeah. any money because the yeah. person I work for is not giving me money. Right, exactly. Yeah, because they're <laughs> aggregating it all upwards. There's no money to be, yeah. It's 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 not trickle down. It's just it's roll up. I don't know if that's if it, I don't know if, they, if, it, if that's a thing, but I want yeah. that to become. A I thing. want that to become yeah. a phrase. Roll <laughs> right. up. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> Sometimes uh, a barrier to quitting can also be what a job, what little the job offers that another job doesn't. And I know since many workers are in a precarious situation, um, it's those little things that just make all the difference. Like, um, So I know, for instance, at the one job I was talking about, it was terrible and probably one of the worst jobs I've had. But I kept going also because I was on overtime every week. And as a person who had bills to pay and was saving up to do things, I would say that four, those 14 hours of overtime that appeared on my paycheck every two weeks um, were critical to me. Um, so again, if you're in this precarious, desperate situation, hmm. I knew I wasn't, there was nowhere else I could go that they weren't going to give me those hours anywhere I went. So right. I just, I stuck with it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I've had conversations with people that, about the work that they that they do and they and there's and it's strange because it's even amongst people that I know that are, are like self-confident and and aware of their value as like a human being outside of the marketplace and all these things but they even some people like that still view themselves singularly through that economic lens in the sense that like well you know I just I gra- I only graduated high school like it's actually really amazing that I have this job that pays me this much you know what I mean because it's like I couldn't and while it may be true that it would be difficult for them to find a job that would pay them I mean these are people that are making living wages and stuff mm-hmm. that that are just they they they're counting their they're they're effectively counting their lucky stars and and it's just like I I understand where they're coming from but I also want them to want more from yeah. life you know what I mean I, I I want them instead of saying instead of saying well, this job isn't that bad and management's not that bad because I couldn't make this much money anywhere else. It's like, well, that's also true, but you should also <laughs> everyone should also still be getting like the minimum wage should be like $25 an hour. So even though you're doing okay and I'm happy that you're doing okay, um I still don't think you should be like this company is great cuz they're still really not that great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you should quit. Really what <laughs> all this you know, boils down to, you know, feeling like you don't have an option to quit, feeling like, yeah. you know, you're grateful to have the job you have. What it, what it yeah. means is it keeps worker power down. It, yeah. it reduces workers' mm-hmm. ability to, you know, force an alternative to their bosses. Yeah. 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 I, I think it's the, I think it's the, the management equivalent to, in the movie Office Space, which I'm sure most people, I assume almost everyone listening to this has probably seen Office Space, but he talks about doing just enough to not get fired, right? I think that there's equivalent to that, which is to say, how bad can we make it for them that they won't quit? Like, how little can we pay them? How much work can we throw at them? Um, I think that there's an equivalent there in, in from management and the ownership class that's just like, Let's see how bad we can make it for them before they before they quit. And the thing is, is that sometimes they do, and then sometimes people come back, work for them anyways. Like it doesn't even matter. Sometimes things are just that bad, and they don't care. Well, <laughs> you talked earlier in, in, in the show about uh, you know these towns where Walmart is the only option, right? Or, yeah. Or 
increasingly mm-hmm. places where the Amazon warehouse is, you know, the option to go to if yeah. you, yeah. if maybe you only have a high school education, if, mm-hmm. you know, th- those are your skills, you know, yeah. where are you going to go? Right. right. And that's not a, that's not an accident. That's mm-hmm. by design. Like when they, I mean, I've never read any official Walmart documents, but think about that from the point of view of your your company, right? What's the best way for you to maximize, the, uh, you know, value for a single location? It's like, well, there's nobody else. There's nobody else in town that employs anybody. Um, so we not only employ them, but when the, then they got no place else to shop. So we pay them, but then they also pay us, and it's just and then but but the money just gets funneled off. Oh my god! You know, right. like that's and that's what's that's what's. I mean, I don't know if that's what's happening with. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what Amazon's master plan is. Uh, I can't even begin to speculate. Uh, um, that's a whole other radio show. Yeah. But um, uh, but as far as Walmart's, I mean, that's their. That's it, it's it's a pattern of theirs. You know, they come in and they've, you know, they just take over the town and and then they just funnel it all. And then and then when there's nothing left, they leave. Yeah, like uh, there's, I mean, you know, I've had friends that have lived in West Virginia and stuff, and the and the horror shows about the the labor uh, situation in, in West Virginia, and just there's towns that are too broke for a Walmart to exist. Like Walmart was there, they rang as much out as they could, and then they just disappear because they don't care either. Just like the employers don't care about firing you, then well, it's the sort they of fire whole towns related at once, you know? trend as we've seen. Like there there are these stories about like how like dollar stores and dollar general and mm-hmm. you know dollar tree have like exploded during the recession and mm-hmm. ever since they've you know they're in all these new locations because they're the low budget option right mm-hmm. yeah we'll be back after this break with something less bleak with <laughs> <laughs> Hey, hey guys, you know that feeling you have at work, that dead inside feeling? Bad news, we can't really help with that. Good news, we can help you waste some time at work. You're listening to Punching Out on WAYO LPFM Rochester. Your boss isn't listening, but we are. Welcome back. I'm Ryan, joined with Earl and Sid, uh, we've been talking about quitting and the, that wonderful experience and <laughs> why so many people feel they can't have it, why these obstacles that exist that keep people from quitting their jobs. And we wanted to end the show on a happier note, as we often do on Punching Out. And so we want to post solutions. How can we make it so that pe- more people feel comfortable quitting? How can we make that an option for workers so that they have power again. I think a surface level solution to that would be just for employers to be better people. Um, (laughs) And that's not controversial at all. No one's thinking twice about that. Like, well, should they be better people? I mean, everyone agrees. They want their employers to be better people. Um, And there's, uh, there are actually cases of this in the service sector industry. Um, So I'll share an anecdote. Um, I know somebody who, uh, has a significant experience with uh, organizing service sector workers, particularly mm-hmm. restaurant workers. Um, and they shared the story with me of this one time they were doing that. Uh, and they were talking to a worker at a restaurant. And this person had been there for several years, which is actually pretty shocking because of the high turnover in the restaurant industry. Yeah. And she asked the the person, well, what what's kept you here so long? And this person responded, well, they get paid significantly higher than they to their... But this this is worth sharing too. This person was unaware that as a tipped worker, they were being paid something that's actually much higher than what most tipped workers get paid. Because mm-hmm. most tipped workers get paid a sub 
minimum wage, right. extremely yeah. low, like $3 an hour. Mm-hmm. This person was getting paid the regular minimum wage, plus also being a tipped worker, and this was in the city. Um, so he, they were getting getting by just fine. And then when she shared with this worker what other people experience in the restaurant industry, they were shocked. They were like, wait a minute, there are people who are doing what I do who get paid significantly less than me? Right. They were like, I would, I would never tolerate that. I would never stay at a job that long. But that speaks volumes to, to what I was saying. If, you know, employers can just be better people and treat right. their employees like human beings. Yeah, and they won't people feel want to quit. Yeah, right. So. Yeah. Well, so that's that sort of leads and uh, segues nicely into um, what I want to talk about next, which is work, work our own businesses, um, because that's always been something that the most effective, at least in my mind, the most effective incentive you would have for someone to do their best work is if they are a member of the ownership class or when they made nice sense of the ownership class, but just that they have a actual stake, um, in the business that they're, uh, involved in, which is, uh, you know, something I wanted to mention in the first, uh, in the first part of the show was that I think, uh, you know, some of the things that are causing these people to ghost is that they just have no, there is no incentive long-term for them at this company. Like, it's not one of those things like, okay, maybe you're at a company, you know, corp- corporate companies give raises of 2 or 3% a year or something. It's pretty trivial, even over 30 years. Um, so there's nothing really there for you um, long term. So things, where, when you're actually invested uh, in the place that you're working in, um, one, you're working with people who are in the same boat as you, like literally, not just in the sense that a lot of the times the, the things that unite people is between labor and management, like in a normal job where it's like management's fighting to keep your wages down, blah, 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 blah. Now you're all in the same boat and you're working towards the same common goal. There's not that, that sense of us versus them. It's, it's really more about let's, let's make this work the best that we can. Um, but some of the other things too with this stuff is we just got to address the actual problems themselves, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so if people can't quit because of healthcare, we got to talk about single payer. Yeah. Um, if people can't quit because they don't have savings or they're just they, they, there's some people that are like one paycheck away from complete from being completely destitute. So to address that, you have to have something like you know a, a federal jobs guarantee or something like that, which we've talked about on this show before. You have to so, have a safety net. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, and 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 then and then we're back to talking about a level of freedom that we haven't had before, where you are in fact free to quit your job because like. If your if your options are quit your job and starve to death, that's not freedom. Yeah. But if you're if you're if you're uh, if you can quit your job and take some time and try some things or, or go back to school or whatever, you know, if, if you yeah. can threaten your boss, you're in pretty good shape. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's a great. That's a great way to look about it. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Right now, only the alternative is true. You know, your boss can threaten you. Your right. boss can say, if you don't come in on Sunday, you're getting fired. Right. You know, your yeah. boss can, you know, threaten you with unemployment and all of the terrible things that come with unemployment. Right, exactly. And you don't really have a counter to that. Yeah. Um, so really, this is about giving people the option to quit is giving them power. Yeah, Le- leverage. Yeah, mm-hmm. they need, they, they're lacking the leverage. And something like, you know, if you had a guaranteed job at some kind of level um, or even, you know, that's the thing is even if, if, if any one of these things were true, like if you had, if it was true that there was a livable wage, but no single payer and no federal jobs guarantee that gives people an opportunity to save money so that they can take a month or two off, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. or there's a federal jobs guarantee, but the living wage is still not great. And there's st- still no single payer. Fine. You can still quit your job and go and find a job somewhere. And honestly, if there was single payer, 
um, and no living wage. That's probably the worst of the, the scenario, but still that's a huge burden to yeah. lift off of people that allows them to. So if we can get any one of those, that would be great. I know we're, you know, we're chipping away at single payer in New York state. Um, hopefully that we can get that going soon. But if we could get all of those things, now you're yeah. talking about a completely different, the power dynamic right. changes mm-hmm. completely. And uh, oh my gosh, you know, right. yeah. as you talked in the last segment, if we can, you know, eliminate student debt. Right. Well, that that's would, yeah. That's such a huge a one. Thing. Yeah. That's a huge one for, I mean, what is that? Now, what did they say now? The last, re- it's like, Trillies. it's over, Silly. yeah, it's over, tr- it's like, that's not even a real number. That's like, <laughs> that's like more money than Scrooge McDuck had. And that's made, that's a cartoon. <laughs> 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 uh. Now, you had talked about, you know, making employers be better to us, which, you know, is a fun thought, but like, that's sort of. You know, you kind of have to do these other things to make that happen. You need leverage over your employers or they're they're just going to continue to jerk you around. Right. So I I think these other ideas, you know, single payer or a jobs guarantee or, Mm. you know, eliminating student debt are things that, you know, demands that we can make, you know, on the left to say these would make workers' lives better. Right. Right. And they're also achievable things we can do. Mm-hmm. Um, these ideas, especially things like single payer, are widely popular. Um, you see right. it year after year after year in every poll. Um, there's a lot of support for them. So much so that even like even the Democratic Party can no longer neglect what's what's already observable yeah. to right. most people. Yeah. Um, it's just a matter of how do we um, manifest that desire into actual power right so like people want this is there a way we can truly galvanize people around this and make it happen yeah um and i would say that you know if we discussed quitting (laughs) like we're doing today (laughs) or just like if we had a just kept discussing more on like what work would look like there would also be that demand for work not to be what it is Mm -hmm. right yeah um and there are ways you can do that too i mean there's article after article after article uh talking about the labor movement, talk about organizing unions. That's still always going to be a discussion people are having, it feels like. Um, I don't know. I mean, those are just some spitballing, brainstorming ideas. And we've been talking about people quitting, but there are people out there who like their jobs, but these solutions would help them if they got fired. Right, Um, yeah. One thing that I've seen, you know, repeatedly is situations where, you know, a company is laying off their employees because they had recently unionized or they had been unionized for a while. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what unions are able to do as, you know, a collective is often they're able to secure severance pay. They're able to make bosses, you know, provide the level of respect to outgoing employees that they expect from quitting employees. You know, Mm. we talked about how, Nobody expects companies to provide, you know, a two weeks notice before letting you go. But, you know, with a union, with collective yeah. power, you kind of get that. You yeah. have at least that cushion. Yeah. Not mm-hmm. that being laid off is any fun to begin with. But, right. Mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Well, that's the that's the nice thing. Uh, you know, Sid mentioned that these are like achievable things. Like we're not we're not talking about splitting the atom here. These aren't <laughs> things that haven't been done in some way before or that there's at least some not some very thorough road work that's been laid down you know like even if even if single payer in the united states uh you know the new york health act is a very thoroughly thought out well-planned you know piece of legislation uh so it's not like we're we're just shouting into the void it's just if you want to if you think any of these things are important then you can pick one of these things and find people to work on it with like there's already 
people fighting for, uh, you, you know, the fight for 15 people and there's, uh, you know, the uh, campaign for New York Health and, and these things that are, um, you know, these things are in motion. So if you, it's not like we're starting from scratch uh, mm-hmm. and they are uh, t- totally, totally achievable. And uh, from my point of view, completely necessary. Like, so it's not even a, so much of a if we should do it, it's it's when and how fast we can get it done, you know, mm-hmm. so um and yeah, and again, I think Ryan touched on it before that it's not if your job's terrible, one option is definitely to quit, but another option is to stay and try and make it better um, because any any I mean, I don't know if I can actually say any victory is you know is worth the effort because I'm sure that there's some tiny victories that are like, well, you know, but for the most part, I mean, I think if you can make any progress in the workplace, you know you're gonna make your material life better and also you don't you can't tell what kind of ripple effect it's going to have. You just never know what one little act of, of, um, you know, courage is going to, is going to precipitate. So, uh, my recommendation is just to do like, like Sid did and just do what you think is right and keep telling yourself you're doing the right thing. <laughs> well, we've talked about building alternatives, but we should recognize that there are people working for just the opposite. Oh, right. and <laughs> I mean, to the extent that helping people quit is building labor power is building worker power. Um, I, I think we should acknowledge that, you know, efforts to, say, increase the number of people uninsured to, right. you know, to yeah. uh, add these work requirements to Medicaid and mm-hmm. to uh, food stamps yeah. are efforts to reduce worker power. Yeah. And, you know, reducing the safety net is to make people more precarious at their jobs so they feel like mm-hmm. they can't quit. Yeah. For, yeah, further destabilization of worker safety is extremely beneficial for the, you know, the people that own businesses. Uh, I mean, especially Mm -hmm. people, I mean, I don't want to villainize people that, well, I don't know that maybe I do, but (laughs) I'm not necessarily talking about people that run a mom and pop pizzeria. You know, I'm talking about people like the Waltons and stuff that have a workforce of half a million people or something like that. Like it is, it is absolutely in their interest to keep you destable, like destabilized in terms of your, your work situation because they can get away with whatever they want at that point. So yes, like I think Ryan makes an excellent point that it's not just that there's people that are working for these things. There are people that very extremely powerful people with extremely deep pockets who, um, the opposite of these things is, uh, you know, so whatever my, you know, my recommendation is if you're, if you're reading things that are slanted against things like single payer and stuff, um, I mean, do, do you know, do your own research, read up on it and stuff, but there are people that are actively working against this stuff for, just their own personal reasons, you know, for just material gain for them. Yeah. Uh. And you've touched on something else perfectly. Um, so for a family like the Waltons, it actually would cost them less. I mean, if you're just talking about profits, right? If it costs them less just to be decent employers, then it would to continue to develop all these strategies and implement all these tactics to keep workers in place, the right? Right. The, the lobbying, yeah. the anti-organizing or anti-union consultants, right. all of that costs a lot of money. Yeah. And it would just, so at the end of the day, it's not even about for them cost or profits. It is about mm-hmm. that power. They don't want to ever yeah. feel like they can't do what they want to do. They don't ever yeah. want to feel like they have to negotiate with anybody about anything. Yeah. They, they don't want their workers to feel like they have an alternative. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the other thing too is that it's not, I mean, I'm sure that it does have a lot to do with just simple, uh, you know, ego and power and things like that as well. But if they start, if a company like that were to start stabilizing their workforce a little bit, now that company threatens 
other companies basically like well if people know that they can if people know that one of the world's largest employers is offering a living wage and and medicare and stuff like that now they don't have to work at the amazon warehouse anymore now they do have an option and stuff like that so and i don't know again this would be some like a whole nother podcast about like what's really going on like that you know uh handshake deals and stuff like that but um i i can't imagine that uh some very rich people get together and, and talk to each other about what's best for them. <laughs> this has been a fun conversation. Yeah. Um, I won't go so far as to say, you know, quit your job because I understand that there are a lot of reasons why you can't. Yeah. But think about quitting your job, you yeah. know. Think about what it would take for you to feel comfortable in doing that and mm-hmm. maybe work towards making that happen. And also, I would like to add, if you know, if you have a friend who wants to quit their job or who has recently quit their job, try to agitate them a little more to start organizing in their community um, rather than just go on to the next job, which yeah. they might quit a few years down the road. Right. Um, this is that's but that's uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's um, penetrable ground for for more organizers. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm Ryan. I'm Earl. I'm Sid. This was Punching Out. You've been listening to Punching Out. You can find us on Facebook and on Twitter at Punching Out Wayo. Email us your work stories, complaints, and struggles to punchingoutwayo at gmail.com. Punching Out is a project of the Punching Out Collective. Our producer is Ryan Brister. Music for Punching Out is provided by Ariel Cruz. Tune in next week for more Punching Out. And remember, your boss isn't listening, but we are.